Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 219, and yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, are you considering building products? Because according to my guest, for every idea you want to test, you need to ask yourself, how can I make this small? Joining me on today's show is Joe Cotterlees. Joe's first professional job involved playing video games all day. I think that is every you know young boy's dream to do that. Now, after early signs of brain rot, he decided to teach himself how to write software. His entire career is characterized by this why not attitude. I like that kind of attitude. Why not? And Joe's currently the founder of Sherry, a social media marketing tool that adds ROI to curated content. Now on today's show, what Joe is going to share is how to find your value proposition quickly by going through a couple of simple exercises that he's going to share with us today. He's also going to share more about two tools that'll help you quickly assess your business model before you begin building your products, because I'm sure that can be quite expensive only to realize that it's not going to pan out, as well as learning how we can apply lean principles to our business. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks. It's great to be here, Emery. Your first job involved playing video games all day. I mean, amazing. How long did you do that for? It's a, it's a great story. Um, and I, I think it kind of fits in with, you know, mm. what I, what you said about uh, my, my can do uh, or why, my why not attitude. Yes. Um, so uh, I was, um, you know, very early in my career, I, I was working like part time while I was going to school at um uh, Circuit City, which is an electronics store in the area. And I saw an ad in the newspaper, of all things, for a, um, a job posting for a customer service position at this company called Insonic that I knew about. It was a local technology company that made synthesizers. Long story short, I went on the interview and I didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, you know, I felt really bad. I'm like, I should have got that job. You know, I'm, you know, I was 21 at the time. And I, so I, I called the, the person that interviewed me up and I said, hey, you know, I, I really want to learn from from the team and, and what I need to do to, you know, be better so that the next time I interview for a job like this, I get it. You know, what if, what if I came in and worked for nothing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy was kind of taken aback by it. And he said, well, let me call you back. So he called me back and he said, well, how about this? He's like, do you like video games? I was like, of course I like video games. I'm, you know, 21 year old guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, what, what if we have you come in and, and uh, play test video games for us? And, you know, we can't have you, you know, work for free. So how about we, you know, we pay you, 
I don't know, I forget what it was, $15 an hour or, or something like that. So it was like, yeah, win-win. So, and it, but it sounds way more glamorous than it was. So the company was making these, so this was, I'm dating myself a little bit, but this was back in the early 90s mm-hmm. when you bought a computer, it typically didn't have sound in it. So you had to buy this like add-on card that you plugged into the computer. So we were making this product that uh, was compatible with all the different games that were on the market. And, you know, I had to like play through the game to make sure the sound worked right. And then when it didn't, I had to like write down exactly what I did to get to that point in the game and then recreate it for the engineer. So it sounds super glamorous. I like playing video games all day, but it actually was, it was pretty challenging. Um, but I got really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. And, uh, you know, through that, of course, you recognize, was it over a period of time that you were networking and obviously spending time in that business that you recognized that you had a passion or a skill to be able to, you know, kind of develop software then? What was the transition from playing games to then writing software? Um, it, it was, you know, my, my uh, father and uh, mother, you know, basically kickstarted my, my love of computers. They mm. bought me a, uh, a Commodore VIC-20 computer back in 1981. Mm. And uh, I was in f- uh, fourth grade, I think. I was yeah. 10 or 11 when, when I got this computer. And I was always kind of tooling around with it, but didn't really know that that could be a potential career path for me. And uh, I was surrounded by all these amazing people. Actually, the founders of Insonic were the people that created the Commodore VIC-20 computer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, to, to, for me, it would be like going to work at, you know, for somebody that's an Apple fan, going to work at Apple <laughs> and working with Steve Jobs. <laughs> and I was surrounded by this amazingly talented group of engineers. And, um, you know, they basically gave me my shot. I, I said, I, you know, I want to I do this. And I would say it was probably within six months of being there, maybe not even that long, that I began transitioning. They started giving me mm-hmm. software projects um, to 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 uh, to pick up, and and I just basically ran with it. Mm, fantastic, because often opportunities are there right in front of us. We need just need to take take advantage of those, and you certainly have. And thank goodness, and now you're here today sharing more. Talk a little right. bit about finding a value proposition quickly. This can be really difficult for many people, men and women. You've got a couple of exercises that you obviously have run through and, and obviously take uh, use on a on a regular basis. Share more about these uh, these exercises. Yeah. So the you know when when you're when you're building a product. So one of you know one of my mentors at a, at a startup. I was you know I was still doing engineering. I was actually in engineering management you know, we were working on this, this, this product. And, you know, I wanted to make all of these changes to the product. And mm-hmm. we were, you know, we were venture backed, um, but we weren't, you know, we weren't revenue positive. And, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, you could, you know, basically I wanted to like gut the, all of the code and like rewrite, you know, have the team rewrite pieces of it. And he's like, you know, you could, you could spend all the time you want, you know, building the perfectly engineered solution, but until you get it out in front of your customers, you don't know what you have and you could get to, you know, you could spend all this time doing it and we could spend all this money building it and get to a point where we've run out of money before we've really had a chance to validate, mm-hmm. you know, the idea. And I mean, this was, you know, going back 10 years, you know, you didn't really hear the concept of like lean software development mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the lean startup movement didn't exist yet, but that was a lesson that I, I really took to heart. So I had this, um, you know, I, I always kind of had this philosophy of like, you know, sprinting to 1.0 and trying to get, get as quickly as possible something in front of your customers so that you could begin 
um, identifying, um, you know, where, whether or not you had a good product market fit. Mm. Um, so, you know, over the course of, of, you know, a number of years, like, you know, the, the lean startup movement, uh, became popular and, um, uh, that, and that's a great book. If, if you haven't recommended it to your audience, you should definitely, uh, throw it in the show notes. Um, mm. you know, so the idea is, you know, basically to figure out how to get to, 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 to start with the sort of the core of the idea, and you've probably heard people talk about the the minimum viable product, the mm-hmm. MVP concept, yes. and I think that actually often gets um, uh, misunderstood. A lot of, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about the MVP as this, you know, let's get something out quick and then we'll go do something else. Mm-hmm. But it's really it's 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 a little more nuanced than that. So the concept of the MVP is. Um, you know, figure out how to uh, take the essence of the thing you want to build and come up with a way to, to test it. So, I don't, you know, have you ever been in a situation where it's like you have this giant idea and you're not sure where you want to take it? Yes. So, you know, how, how, how have you like gone through the process of like whittling it down to like the, the core thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I absolutely have. And I've had some products um, that have just, you know, and I've thought this is going to be the next best thing and it was the next best flop. So, yeah, it's certainly been and, – and it ha- has really been trial and error a lot of times. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, it is often uh, trial and error. And, you know, I tell people – so, you know, I moved from engineering into, into product management. Um, mm. And I often tell people that product management is about mitigating risk, mm. you know, because – a lot of times you're taking a, you know, you're taking a stab in the dark about the, the thing that you're building. You don't know what people want. Yes. Um, so you have to, you have to mitigate risk. So how do you do that? So you, you know, you start with this, this, you know, you take an idea and you, you know, kind of boil it down to uh, what's called a verifiable hypothesis, mm-hmm. you know, some hypothesis, you know, and then figure out what the criteria is that you can use to measure whether or not that that, you know, that thing was, uh, you know, you've proven that hypothesis. And that really is the concept of the MVP, mm. you know, figure out what the essence is that you want to, a, a thing you want to test. So for example, you were saying you, you've built a lot of products and you've, mm. you've, you've, you know, some of them have flopped. Well, you know, one thing that you can do is, you know, think about, ask yourself, is this the smallest thing that I, I can build? So if you're thinking about doing a, a course, mm-hmm. Right. You could develop the whole course and you could spend weeks and weeks and weeks doing it. But then at the end, you're not sure if your customers want it. Yes. So, um, you know, here's something that you could try. You could just put up a landing page advertising the course with an email sign up form mm-hmm. and just see if people are interested. Because the thing that's cool about that is, you know, you can, you know, I'm sure you've, you've kind of sat in front of the blank page and tried to figure out how to position your, your, you know, your, your offering, right. That's, you know, that's a hard problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you start with, you know, just a landing page, then you can kind of dial into, you know, the, the right way to phrase your offering and see if people are even interested. Mm. And then from there, once you've, you know, once you've run that test, you've verified, okay, people have some amount of interest in this. What's the next smallest thing that I can test? Yes. And maybe keeping with the course analogy, maybe it's doing, 
the first unit of your of your course mm -hmm. or something like that yeah that makes a lot of sense because I mean uh, in some instances um, to develop a product particularly if it's a product that needs to be manufactured maybe not necessarily well well any if, if it's a service-based product that you're packaging into a program that you can sell a course there's time energy invested in that isn't it and so if you launch it like I've done with various programs um, and what I thought was um, valuable not necessarily so I can see how valuable that would be around the, the then the value proposition with those couple of exercises are there any other things that um, we we can consider to really help us along that process or do should we dive into the two tools for quickly assessing the business model before we even begin to build those products well so I think they, they basically tie into each other a product isn't just the thing that you're selling, right? The, the, the artifact, the, mm -hmm. the course, mm -hmm. right? It's the, it's the intersection of the, the, the thing you're selling and the market, right? The product market fit. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the essence of product development. It's not just, I have this idea, let me build this thing. Because, you know, until you figure out who your customers are, mm -hmm. how you're going to make money, you know, how you're going to distribute your, your product, everything around the thing you're building is your product mm. and um, part of that is figuring out your value proposition but part of the rest of it is um, just as important as well so mm -hmm. um, a few years ago I read this book called the uh, uh, called running lean mm. which is a, um, uh, a book that basically gives you a roadmap for implementing some of the lean startup principles mm -hmm. and you know, they developed the the author developed this concept called the lean canvas and I dug a little deeper and it turned out that the lean canvas was really based on this this bigger idea called a business model canvas and I was like oh this this sounds really interesting so when it came time for me to launch sherry you know I wanted to make sure that I was really thinking about and being methodical about uh, what you know how this thing was going to generate revenue how, mm -hmm. how I was going to distribute it so I walked through um, you know, this series of exercises to build out the, uh, to build out the canvas. Mm. And you know, I can't, I can't share, you know, sort of diagram it for you. But I think what might be really helpful is to uh, walk through basically the building blocks mm. of the, my business. And then you can kind of see in practical terms, how you can take, you know, this, this core idea that you have and then turn it into an actual business. Yeah, sounds great. Let's sound dive good. in. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it really is going to model it for people and then they can apply that to their own idea or own business now too. So yeah, absolutely. Let's dive in. Right. So, so you know, in the, the essence of it is, uh, you know, nine, uh, I think it's nine building blocks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what the way it's structured is, you know, we can, we can, you know, I can we can put links uh, for show for show notes um, is, you know, you should be able to, to fit this on one piece of paper mm -hmm. and talk through, um, you know, the business model with, you know, your partners, your you know family, friends, basically anybody that you want to put this in front of to help validate your idea, mm -hmm. you know, even before you've actually built anything. You know, so it's like, all right, I have this idea. Can I build a business around this? Well, this is the tool that you would use to help, uh, you know, get some sense of whether or not this idea that you have um, actually has legs. So um, the, the first part of it is uh, identifying your customer segments. Mm -hmm. You know, who are you building this for? Who's paying for this thing? 
Um, you know, who, who is going to get value out of the thing you're building? So for me, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, helping, uh, you know, people who are, uh, well, actually people like yourself who mm-hmm. are developing uh, content-based uh, uh, products and want to get them in front of a, a, a pretty broad audience. So, yeah. you know, I started thinking, all right, who am I, who, who are my potential target customers? I thought about bloggers, uh, website owners, ebook authors, podcasters. Uh, and then I started to think a little bit bigger. I thought, all right, well, you know, I could also offer this tool to social media agencies um, that they could then, you know, use it to help develop their uh, social media channels for their for their customers. Uh, sales teams could be interested in this. And I, I kind of laid all of these out. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, all right, well, you know, if I, I've, you know, social media agencies, that feels like a, a completely different customer segment than a podcaster because they're like, a uh, you know, they're they have more than one client. Right. And sales teams, they feel a little different, too. So I kept them, you know, separately. So I basically created three groups, you know, the sort of the the content creator. That's the, you know, ebook author, podcaster, that kind of thing. And then social media agencies and sales teams. And that, you know, I went through, you know, just kind of thinking about who who it is that I want to sell to, Um, you know, and then from there. I started thinking about the value proposition. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the what's the core value that I'm delivering to my customers? Um, you know, what, what kind of customer needs am I satisfying? And I, you know, I came up with the, this idea and this, this word's terrible, but it's, I'm going to just give you the, the, the sort of the raw, the raw deal here. Mm-hmm. Um, my value proposition as I wrote it, uh, was to augment my, uh, augment your content marketing strategy via shared content mm-hmm. and generate leads from the content that you find and share. Yeah. Um, and you know, looking back, augments terrible, right? But again, this was just, I'm giving you like my internal documentation Mm -hmm. here. Um, But so the idea is, you know, you want to think about, um, uh, you know, what what it is that you're offering that's going to deliver value. And you can, you know, there's a whole series of questions you can ask yourself to help get into that mindset. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, what does it feel like to use your product? Uh, What is it, what does your product do? How does it work? Uh, What are the rational drivers for making a purchase. Uh, if this is a, a product that maybe already exists in the market, what are people doing? Your, you know, what's your customer segments doing already to, mm-hmm. to serve this, you know, serve this need. Um, so, so basically the idea is that you drill into your, you know, your value proposition by asking uh, yourself a series of questions um, as they relate to your customer segment. And what's important is, um, you know, when we have, a customer segment, you know, I was saying I have more than one. You want to go through that exercise for each customer segment because you might actually have a different value proposition for one Absolutely. customer segment versus the other. You know, and the idea is when this is all done, you have this map that you can kind of then trace through and decide, all right, this, I want to follow this path instead of this path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so then from there, once you identify your, your value proposition, you want to think about, how your company is going to communicate with and reach um, the customer segment in order to deliver the value proposition. So you want to look, you want to think about your channels. So for me, my channels are, uh, you know, website. I, you know, I have this product on a website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, you know, I can do webinars. I can do direct outreach, although that doesn't really scale. Um, I, you know, when customers, you know, or prospects come to my website, I offer chat support. That's mm-hmm. a channel that I can reach them. 
podcasting. You know, being on a podcast like this is a potential channel to reach uh, to reach my audience. So when you're building out your business model, you want to think through, um, you know, knowing who your customer segment is, how do they want to be reached? Um, which channels work best? How much do these channels cost? Um, so you want to think through, you know, those kind of questions, um, you know, to build out your channels. Uh, and then moving on from there, you want to think about your um, customer relationships. Mm -hmm. So, and what that means is, you know, what kind of relationship does the, does your segment, your customer segment expect you to establish? Mm -hmm. So if we were building out a, a business model canvas for our car dealership, you know, that's a very high touch business. Mm -hmm. Although there are business models that have disrupted that, but like, you know, it's a high touch business. So, you know, your, your customer relationship might be more uh, of a, you know, um, high touch, hands-on mm. concierge type service. Um, for my business, the customer relationship is it's self-service. Mm -hmm. It's a SaaS product. They can go and they can sign up. Um, but then there is an aspect of personal assistance. So if customers have concerns, they can, you know, talk to us via chat or email, and then we can kind of walk them through that process. So as you're thinking about your business, uh, you know, think about how you want to best reach um, your customers and, you know, through the channels, what kind of relationship do you want to have with your customers? Yeah, makes sense. It's good stuff. I'm writing notes, by the way. If you see me looking down, I'm writing down notes. <laughs> oh, awesome. Great. So so the next, you know, the next phase of, of building out your business model is kind of where the rubber hits the road. You want to start thinking about revenue. You know, we, you've, you've identified your customer segment, you've, you've identified the value you want to uh, offer them, and you've, you've figured out how you're going to reach them. Now you got to figure out how you're going to make money. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is going to be different. This is even going to be different depending on your customer segments that you choose. So, you know, if you've identified a couple different customer segments, try to, try to think about, all right, how, you know, is there is there a better cost benefit if I sell to one customer segment versus another? So you know, so for my business, you know, I'm a I'm a software as a service. So for me, it's subscription fees and usage fees. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you pay a base monthly subscription, and potentially, you know, depending on how much you use the service, um, there's going to be a usage fee. But the other thing that I'm considering is, you know, if I'm looking at uh, social media agencies as a customer segment. You know, I might have a per seat revenue stream. Yeah. You know, so like the idea is just to kind of get all these things out on paper so you can start talking through the, you know, talking through the concept. Right now, it's not something I'm planning on doing, but it's by putting it out there, you know, it, it gives you, you know, it kind of frames everything so you can. Mm -hmm. It's can a possibility it that you could down the track flesh out more and, and really put some, some thought into. But now, as you said, it's creating this framework. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the next piece, there's only a few left, uh, your key resources. So, you know, every business needs, you know, there's, there's some set of resources that you need, uh, to make the business work. So, you know, in your business, you're probably doing a lot of the content creation, mm -hmm. I, I would mm -hmm. imagine, correct? Yes, very much so. Right. so, so I can't three... hire anyone to stand in and, and interview on my behalf. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but you might have a... You know, in order to get your um, your podcast out, you know, out the door, you might have some Support. VAs doing yeah. some work behind behind For the scenes. Sure. So, yeah. if if you know your 
your key resources basically are the, the things that you need in order to make your model work. Mm -hmm. They're not every single person that's going to do every single job. It's the things that if these things aren't there, your business model won't work. Mm -hmm. So you might say for you, your VAs are important, but if you didn't have your VAs, I imagine when you started, you were doing all the work, right? Right. So like, you know, you, you might not need to put them as a key resource. So it really is business dependent mm -hmm. for, for my business. Um, you know, my key resources are, uh, business development. You know, I have to establish relationships, um, marketing because right now, um, you know, it's a new product. Nobody knows about mm -hmm. the business. Um, and these are kind of obvious engineering. I got to build it and product development. I got to make sure that I'm building the right, the right feature set. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that, that doesn't, you know, that's not going to be the same for every business. Mm. Yeah, what you just shared, just sharing, um, giving insights on what I did towards the end of last year uh, around the key resources, I recognized, and, and actually it flows on from what I've been sharing on a couple of other shows from the Women in Leadership. I recognized, I did a bit of a, for, um, a foresight, and I thought if I continue to go the way that I'm wanting my direction of my business to go and following this particular income model I'm going to be so busy it's not going to allow me time for my creativity I love creativity writing that kind of thing you know and, and being able to get in the zone so what I recognize is okay what do I need to do I need to release some of my work so I focus just on three key things that I do my writing because I love writing my podcasts and then actually working with clients around training, coaching, helping them establish their podcasts and things like that. Those three things. Everything else gets outsourced. And then right. I, I already have my VAs and then I realized I need an online business manager. At that time, I didn't know that there, there was, um, that I needed that, but I recalled, you know, going back on in interviews that I've done and I thought I need more than just a VA, not that, you know, VAs, but it needed technical skill. She or he needed technical skill. And I was able to find someone going through exactly what you've said because you follow the, the crumbs, if you will, um, around what do I need? And um, so rather than trial and error, and, and I was able to do that, and now I've got that set up so I can validate this is such an important process. Yeah, sure. yeah. And and actually, you, you, you hit on a really good point. So what you were talking about, about the desire to focus on, you know, the creative aspects of your life, mm. you know, that really, I, I feel like just hearing you say that, that, that to me sounds like that's really speaking to your, you know, your, your mission, you know, mm. why you're doing the things you're doing. And, you know, everything that we're talking about related to your, your, your business model, you know, should be anchored to your company's North Star, mm -hmm. right? Your, your, your mission, why, why you exist, you know, your, your vision, why, what's the big idea? Where do you want to be? Mm. And if, you know, for you, if, if part of that is to allow you time to focus on, you know, the creative side of your, your business, then that's going to help shape your business model because mm -hmm. that's always going to be at the back of your, well, it should be at the forefront, right? Yes. You should always be thinking about building things that align uh, with, you know, with your, with your, your vision and your mission. Mm -hmm. Very that's important. important. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's important if you're a solopreneur um, to go through that exercise and it's important if you're, you know, fortune 500 company, yeah, um, they, they all have a, you know, have a North star. Yeah. The successful ones anyway. Yeah, they do. So that was that I would, I'm assuming that key resources, if I've got the number incorrectly is sixth number six on the list. Yep. we got three more. Fantastic. So What's next, number seven? Yeah. So the next one, <laughs> so the next one is your key activities. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, these are the things that are the most important activities you uh, uh, take under that are required by your value proposition. Hmm. If you don't do these things, you, you, don't, you don't have a business model. Um, so for me, you know, right now the key activities are channel development, you know, getting, getting the word out, getting, getting traffic and, and things like that, and feature development. Mm. Um, if I don't do those two things, because, you know, I have a very, you know, I'm, I'm taking the, the, the lean approach to, to building the product out. And, you know, I have a very core set of features and I have to be very systematic when I add new features. So mm. th- those two are my key activities. So when you're thinking about your key activities, you know, ask yourself what, you know, what key activities does my value proposition require? You know, what activities are important to my distribution channels, you know, customer relationships, revenue stream, things like that. Mm. You know, again, the point of this is not to identify every single thing that your business does, but just the most important things that if these things didn't exist, mm. you wouldn't have a business. No. Okay. Yeah. So what's number eight? This is, this is great stuff here, Joe. <laughs> number eight, uh, your key partnerships. So who are your key partners and suppliers? Uh, and what are the motivations for that partnership? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, since channel development is a key activity, I need to be thinking about who are the potential people I can partner with in order to help develop channels. So mm-hmm. my key partners right now are potential affiliates and uh, potential uh, joint venture partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's others that I can develop over time, but like, you know, 1.0 of my business model, that's, that's where I need to be, to be focusing. Yes. And then finally, uh, the last piece is uh, the cost structure. Mm. Um, you know, because, you know, you're, you're all, you know, all businesses incur costs. And uh, in order to operate your business, you got to identify what the most important ones are. Um, so for me, it's, it's human capital. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, if I need to pay engineers to, to build stuff, uh, it's advertising. If I want to, you know, grow at a more accelerated rate, I might want to pay for advertising mm-hmm. and uh, IT costs, you know, the cost of actually running all of my, uh, my infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is brilliant. And I think, um, you know, when you look at all of these nine building blocks, they really are building blocks. They really are pillars. Would you, I mean, going through this and you, I would imagine you would have used this uh, exact nine building blocks for, for other ideas, other products that you've developed. And you've, of course, you're using it um, with your current um, pursuit and, you know, business product. Are there, is, is there one? They're all important. I recognize that, that for sure. But would you f- say that there's one or more that really are pivotal? They're critical. And if you haven't spent time and energy on this, it's going to undermine all of the others or not? They're all Absolutely. the same. Yeah? I, I, no, no, no. I think the, the most critical ones, uh, I believe, are, are identifying what you're selling and who you're selling it to, your yeah. customer segment and your value proposition. Okay. Yep. Which is why they're right up the top, one and two. If you don't answer those, there's no point going down. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, if you haven't really dug into that, um, you you know, you, you... that's where I think you're going to spend most of the time. Yeah. And you know why that, why I'm glad I asked that question is because if I think of recall conversations with a lot of people that I've met at networking events and, and the businesses who I know are struggling, they, I'm sure they cannot confidently say that they've gone through these two processes because so many people are going to launch an idea and I'm going to get it out there to everyone. 
and because who who is it who is it uh, suitable for? Well, anyone who can breathe or anyone that you know they're oh, not niching. The and I think that that is such a, a critical aspect. And and as you've just identified, if you don't have these two key building blocks, there's no point in building everything else out. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about, you know, when you when you're thinking about a new product idea, you know, you've never gone through this exercise as we've just, just laid it out. But where, you know, where do you start? Do you start with, OK, I know who my customers are or I know I, I have this idea, you know, that would be good to hear. Yeah. Well, for me, um, I tend to now having if I look back, I mean, I've been in business for, for some time. You know, I had a couple of decades in the career industry and I would develop a product and think, oh, I'll give you an example. Um, a course that I had about women returning to the workforce. So what I did was I created a whole workshop because there was funding from the government. But what we didn't realize was that we could not sell that directly to the clients. We had to go through RTOs, which is re registered training authority. Authorities. And there were barriers to them because, you know, a whole lot of, you know, the political kind of um, stuff. And so we recognized that there was a huge need. But for us, if we had gone through the prop, prop, you know, through all of these steps, we would have realized that we needed some key partnerships and we needed to develop those first. Um, because right. by the time, and that takes time. And because we were starting from scratch, we would have then seen, okay, we need to focus on that first because we could develop the product, which I, and it's still sitting there. It's like a biz in the box. Um, so yeah, I can see how absolutely crucial and, and valuable. But then having said that, we would have gone out and, and launched that and, and used it with our clients to get some feedback. Is this helpful for you? How can we change it? What can we add? all those kind of things. But we I never really got to that point of being able to do that. So that's kind of a, a you know, a product which is sitting on the shelf and uh, that hadn't be, really been launched, sadly. Right. Mm, yeah. So, Joe, I'm just looking at the time. I mean, this has just been incredibly valuable. I know we've only scratched the surface for sure. Um, but these are models and, and we've, we've known, we heard, I'm sure, through listening to various podcasts and, and, and business, you know, strategist, the, the lean approach, the lean principles and the things that you're speaking about today, I think is, is really valuable, particularly because we are living in such an evolving, a disruptive industry. I mean, there's new products and services coming to the market. And I, I think, you know, it really behooves us or it's so important for us to go through these principles share a little bit about sherry particularly for listeners and viewers today and how can they access the tool how can they get in contact with you before we uh, finish up the show sure I, I feel like i've laid it bare <laughs> by giving you the business model um but so um sherry's a tool i originally built for myself um because i i like to you know kind of scratch an itch yeah. um and the the, the core concept uh, of sherry is that um you know, in order to become a, you know, be seen as a subject matter expert, I share a lot of uh, content on social media. You know, mm. if I find interesting articles uh, about product management and product strategy, I would just share it on social media. Um, but at the same time, I was trying to drive traffic back to my own website um, because I was doing a, a course on product strategy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, if I could figure out a way to leverage all this content that I'm sharing um, to drive traffic back to my website, you know, I could, you know, give the people that I'm sharing the benefit of them getting their content out mm. there. And I would get residual benefit because, um, you know, they would, you know, potentially come back to my website as well. Yes. Um, so that was sort of the, 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 the seed of Sherry. Uh, so what Sherry will do 
is um, suppose you want to uh, promote this version, you know, this latest episode of your podcast. Mm -hmm. So I imagine you share other people's content on social media. Yes. Right. So uh, if you share other people's content on social media, rather than just, you know, like retweet something, if we'll use Twitter as an example, mm. you would you would use the, you could use a Chrome extension, the Sherry Chrome extension to create a Sherry link, which is similar to a Bitly link. Mm -hmm. And the Sherry link, what it'll do is it'll create a distraction free version of the article or the content that you want to share and then allow you to put your call to action on the top of it. Oh. So your call to action could be come check out the link, come check out the latest episode of my podcast mm -hmm. with a, with a button that would take them to the podcast download page, plus have the content attributed back to the, you know, the original author creator yep. of the stuff that you've, uh, uh, you've shared. So the author gets the benefit of their content being spread among your social media following. Mm -hmm. And then you get the benefit of, um, potentially driving traffic back to your website. Yeah. Fantastic. And so how can people find out more about it? What's the link? For uh, everyone yeah, so to go visit. If you visit. want to find out more about it, go to www.getsharey.com and you can sign up for a, uh, a 30 day free trial and check it out. Yeah, fantastic. And by the way, Joe, what you've shared today I think is absolutely valuable. I've taken lots of notes here on my pad, which I tend <laughs> to do. And then I realize it because I always take notes. It's my way that I tap into the expertise of other people. I'm always learning and growing. I said last year, I probably don't really have to go to many professional development events, only the ones that I can really seek and can help because I'm constantly learning, you know, and evolving. And, and then I realized, oh, people are going to see me leaning down all the time. What am I doing? I'm actually taking notes because this has just <laughs> been valuable. So it really has. So what we're going to do is we'll put that link to Forjo on our show notes and uh, go and con con click there. I'll share the notes uh, with you too, the, the URL, because for those of you who are listening to the audio version of the podcast, you may not realize I'm about to share that we're actually streaming this live. We're doing a video version as well. Well, and we will embed the uh, the video version in the show notes so you can get to see Joe speak as uh, yeah as he's uh, sharing his content. So ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES219, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES219. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It was great meeting you. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>